0: Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors and industry experts. TikTok might be the most lucrative platform for promising musicians and Will Linley might just be South Africa's The Kid Leroy. The 21-year-old Cape Capetonian musician and songwriter teased his track, Miss Me When You're Gone, on the platform, which garnered over 4 million views before the song's official release. Will has continued to release track after track, which has climbed the charts locally in South Africa and internationally. Up next on Slepsvant, we've got Will Lindley. Will, where do we find you in the world? What's happening in your, in your life and how are you doing?
1: Uh you are finding in uh one of my brother's bedrooms um, in Cape Town, South Africa. I'm doing really, really well. I think um being in quite a, a quiet space over the last like two months, um, three months, but but been playing a lot of shows and touring and things, things like that, which is really exciting. Um, but finally gearing up for for the release of some some music again and and so kind of feeling excited to be in that space of creation. Um, yeah.
0: So let's take it all, it's not all the way back which is not very long but tell us about your musical journey when you started singing from when you realized that this is what you wanted to do
1: uh i think i mean i i was kind of born and raised in a very musical household my my mum and dad were always kind of playing music around the house um i've got videos of like my brothers and i putting on mini concerts for my dad when he'd come home from work and singing different songs with my mum um my mom played the guitar a lot when we were younger. And so I think that kind of was where, where it started um, and was kind of like the genesis of this all. And uh, And it's just slowly but surely morphed into something new every few years and 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 has taken on a new form and, and new life. In high school, I I sang a lot. I was part of an acapella group at my high school. Um, so that was fun. I had like my glee moment. Um, <laughs> and... Uh... <laughs> and uh and and yeah so just music was always around me I studied music in high school but that was more like classical music and studying Beethoven's ninth symphonies and things like that you know um but I started writing songs of my own in like about grade nine grade 10 so when I was 15 16 and that just was kind of a little bit of a grind and i just try write a song every now and then and see what happened and if I liked what I did, I'd put it up on SoundCloud and tell my friends, hey, guys, I've written a song. You can listen to it. Um, and so that really was just the, I don't know, the the, the environment that I was brought up in and, and the way that I like to create. And um, there was never a lot of pressure on myself. And I never really wanted to do music as a career because I never thought it was really a possibility. Um but that kind of all started changing in in first year varsity, second year varsity, and and I started taking it a lot more seriously, and um, and here we find ourselves today. So that's kind of like the the, the broad scope of of the journey um, so far. But it really was just I don't know, music was something that was nurtured in my household. You know, um, my parents never forced us, but but strongly encouraged us kids to to play an instrument and to always play an instrument that would allow us to be part of something bigger than ourselves so I played the violin as a kid and then I was part of the orchestras in in, in my schools okay. um, my one brother played like the saxophone and then he was part of like the jazz bands and stuff in like junior school um, and the other brothers kind of all sang or played viola or played piano and you know so so everyone did music and and as the youngest brother seeing that it was like oh yeah it's the norm you have to play yeah. a musical instrument you don't have to it was just yeah what was what was kind of the thing in, in 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 my family
0: how many siblings do you have
1: three older brothers are you still studying at varsity uh no no not anymore i uh, did two years took a gap year to just kind of see out this musical thing and kind of said and agreed with my parents and agreed with the people that i make music with and that's it's been a very big conversation over the last year and a half but we kind of saw this year as like a, a a year to be able to see like okay is this possible um a year to be able to go like okay at the end in december now can we look back and go like cool we can see tangible exponential growth it's pointless to go back to university now because we've got something working or you know what was this year just a fun year and nothing really happened and we actually have to go back to university and we are kind of finding ourselves in 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 that like first answer of like we can see growth we can see potential we can there's an incredible opportunity that's presenting itself for next year and it we would be very silly to 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 stop the journey now and so yeah i'm kind of yeah moving on from varsity and 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 continuing this music path
0: and what were you studying
1: Becom International Business at stage.
0: Okay. Okay. So mm. you got some some credits to your name. So if you ever want to go back to it, you can if you if exactly. you to.
1: <laughs> exactly. So it's
0: chill. Tell me from zero or nothing to a three to four minute song melody instrumentation and song that we listen to. What is that process for you? Is it the same every time? Is it different? What inspires you? What is that m- song journey?
1: Yeah. Um, Gee, it, it changes. Every single song is different. There's no one way to create a song or no one way to create anything, actually, in just the creative space and the creative world. It's different for every song. Um And I can tell you that for the EP that is out on streaming platforms, that process was very different to the process of how our next single is uh, is very the creative process for the ep is very different to the creative process for the for the single that we got coming out the the ep was kind of all created on zoom and whatsapp and messages and going back and forth and was a relatively like quick process in the grand scheme of things there was no time where like we all got into the studio together got instrument instrumentalists to come in and play parts and like you know i kind of love that part of things, but we never really had that in in the EP. I guess like for some songs we got somebody to come play the guitar parts, but we never got like live drums tracked or um just like like had a day where we just went in on all instruments, retracking parts, things like that. So it was a very like I think a very removed process, but still a very fun process. Is that because of COVID? Because of COVID and because I was in South Africa and David and Bubele and John Samuel, who the guys that I Right with a lot, we're all in the States. You oh, know? Okay. And, Understood. And Understood. It, okay. It, it, we literally could not be together in the same room at all, you know? Um, but that has dramatically changed with this new single coming out. David and Bubele actually came out from the States to South Africa to watch My Daisy's performance and are now spending the rest of the year in South Africa. And so we went into the studio together for like four days with this incredible guy called Paul um, Hammer. And he's an incredible instrumentalist. And basically, we just spent like four days throwing ideas at the wall. And Paul would play like basically anything we asked him to play. He was playing it. So it's like tracking drums and tracking guitars. And you can hear the difference that that makes to a song. The single that we got coming out incredibly soon is a song called um, Last Call slash The Abba Song. And um, it just has a whole different feel. I think there's there's something special about having live instruments and and live tracking in a song and it not being dominated by by everything in perfect grids and and sounding like perfect um and it's i'm so excited i think it's gonna be a really 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 fun one did you say slash the abba song yeah we it's become known to a lot of people as the abba song so i have to put the abba song in its title so we're gonna go like last call and then in brackets the abba song but why the abba song because there's a line in it that goes, "We started dancing to ABBA." Now I can't pretend, and everyone's kind of latched onto that line. <laughs> okay. and they're Like, "Oh, where's the ABBA song? Where's that song?" So, um, yeah.
0: And do you like ABBA yourself, personally?
1: Oh, I love ABBA. Come oh, on, cool. who can't who can't love a little bit of "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme" or voulez vous Vu"? Oh, I mean, I mean
0: they're brilliant. I mean, they were so they were so mocked at that in their time. I mean, I was very, I wasn't even thought of. Neither were you, naturally. But I mean, when those songs were released, but they were so mocked of. And if you listen to the intricacies and the productions of their music, now people start to, or, you know, in the 80s, 90s, and whatever, they pre- appreciate the ABBA music because it's mm. so, they were so ahead of their time in what they did. Beyond the next song, the ABBA song, Last Call, what's what's coming up next thereafter? Are you allowed to say, um, it, or is it still uh, very secretive or up? What's up in the pipeline?
1: No, no, we've got, I mean, we've got a lot of shows coming up. So we're working hard to try and make those things perfect. I think that's been a very interesting um, journey in and of itself because live is very different to just writing and recording a song. And then we just got more music coming out. We've got about like 20 songs, 25 songs that we're kind of picking from and just going to pick which one we think should come next, you know. So we're in a really, really nice space um, in terms of like, having the songs, feeling super comfortable in those songs and feeling like we've got good songs. And so uh, it'll just be a lot more music and hopefully some more shows in the new year um, and some writing trips.
0: So is this uh, 25 songs that you mentioned, is this going to be a body of work that leads to a full album?
1: Uh, we don't know. It could. Um, at this moment in time, with the with the current state of, of online streaming and, and and music platforms, people aren't necessarily consuming big bodies of work for like relatively small artists, you know what I mean? You've got to be like The Weeknd or Adele or yep. whoever to put out a, a, a concept album or a big album and people will take the time to listen to it from start to finish. I think I have some ideas and what I would like to do for a concept album and for an idea and I'd love to try and see that out but at this moment in time, we really just focused on the songs and getting those perfect before we start dreaming big and, and going for an album. The album will come at some point but okay. I can't tell you when or how. Or- Yeah. So leading, great segue. Obviously,
0: you're younger, I'm older than you, but pre, it was CDs, vinyls, cassettes. Those are making a great comeback. I'm grateful because I love me a CD. I love the aesthetic of holding something, the booklets, the artwork. And it was that whole physical journey of a person, you know, going out, buying the CD, knowing that they had to save that amount of money to get that specific artist's album. And now we've got these streaming platforms. What is your perception of the way people are consuming music now compared to when they did previously?
1: I don't. I, I, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think like I obviously did have CDs growing up, but I don't think nearly in the same way that like, like my mom or dad would go out and buy vinyls or like even my brothers would go out and buy CDs. You know, I kind of was like... I was born in 01 so honestly speaking i kind of when i started listening to music and getting it onto like my ipod or something like that that was when like itunes was was becoming a thing and like you buy the songs online and then that kind of morphed into apple music and you know so and then and then it was like boom streaming era you know so i think i i can't really comment properly but i think nowadays people are, are kind of always wanting the next thing you know mm-hmm. you can have a song and give it to people and they're like sweet cool they listen to it for a week and then they've suddenly got a whole span of new music that's been dropped every friday so like you yeah. have a week trying to try and win over their hearts and make them fall in love with your song before drake or adele or somebody huge is dropping their next song you know i i had a very funny thing and when i first dropped my first single miss me when you're gone adele dropped her album the week after my single dropped, okay. And so as a tiny, tiny, teeny, insy, wincy ant in the grand scheme of Adele, it was, um, it was, it was a tough artist to even try and like, yeah, to, to even try and raise my hand against. But, um, I kind of saw how, how that took place because, yeah, they, they really, there's, there's so much new music being dropped every week. Yeah. And. And I think that's where it can be a bit hard for artists with the streaming era and with everything going on. You kind of, you have such a little amount of time to try and win their hearts over and for people to fall in love with your song before they're finding something new that they love.
0: But also the thing is that in in that journey, there isn't much of a journey because it's just dropped into the inbox. Previously, people had to, you know, go and say, okay, cool, Uh, listen to the radio or uh, search or go you know, go into iTunes and actually pay for it. There isn't much of that musical journey now, like there used to be, even in your space, like compared to my space, where we had to listen to the radio, listen to one single and then another single, then another single, and then go to the CD shop and actually purchase the CD. And hopefully it's a whole 12 or 15 track, uh mm-hmm. you know, song or tracks that were really cool. It's, it's very taken a much away that that energy exchange and that journey of the person of like really going out there and knowing, okay, I love this person, love this artist, love this song. And I'm really going to now invest in that time and energy in that space.
1: I think it's, I, I don't know. I think it's a little bit different in terms of like, like what social media has done is it's, it it allows people to gain a, a bigger relationship and a more personal relationship with yep. the artists that they love. You know, and so I think like that journey is just taken on a different form. Yes, I'm not going out and buying the CD or listening to it on the radio. Like we still listen to stuff on the radio. Yeah. Yes, we're not driving 15 minutes or 20 minutes to the nearest music store to buy a CD. But we are, there's, there's connection online that people are witnessing. They, they With the way that music is kind of released nowadays, it's like put it on TikTok. Do people like it and then there's that journey of like sure. making people kind of fall in love with the song before it's been released and that's a difficult thing in and of itself yeah but i think like then that pulls people over to your socials onto instagram and to things like that and that's where you can kind of like build relationships with fans and try and like i don't know really build something solid with them and then you know that when you have that connection when you feel like I resonate with you as a fan, and you resonate with me as an artist. That's where the connection comes into play. And that journey is like so indestructible because then they will champion you, and I will champion them, and they will listen to my music, and I will try and put on the best shows possible for them. You know, so it kind of it's like you just build the relationship in a different way. And I think yeah. it becomes a more personal relationship than what it ever was. That's and awesome. I actually really love that, you know, and so like. Like there've been people that have come to my shows and gone like, I'm Rebecca, like the person that DM'd you about this and this and this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Rebecca, it's lovely to meet you. You know, whereas yeah. <laughs> like it was never that uh, it, it, like 15, 20 years ago, yeah. people were, it, fans were kind of like just numbers to yeah. artists. And now I think it's become a much more personal thing. And fans are more than just somebody that's listening to your music that you're never able to connect with. They are actually like human beings that are, championing your music and yes. you owe it to them to kind of build a relationship and and try and connect with them on a more personal level and I think that that's where the journey is has shifted
0: that's interesting I like that answer now tell me tell us what you enjoy about performing live
1: uh the connection with fans I think the whole reason why I do music is connection it's 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 being able to create something in a, in a body of work that hopefully people connect to the live space I love the energy I love dancing around I love just being a big presence on stage I'm very tall so I, I it's it's very easy for me to take up a, a lot of the stage but um for me it's just being able to kind of like give the fans something new and an experience that hopefully they will remember for a very long time um I'm still new to the whole live game and so I'm trying to figure out okay how do you put on a concert properly how do you make this work but I think overall it's been such a blessing and so much fun and uh and and particularly performing live and having people sing songs back to you or being able to win somebody new over who never who's never heard your songs that's a really cool challenge in live that i didn't quite appreciate until about like two months ago
0: wait how tall are you you're sitting down i can't really see right now so for the listeners uh, we on zoom so <laughs> how tall are you? Uh, i'm i'm six three Oh wow okay so that's pretty tall <laughs> it's all legs <laughs> it's all legs <laughs> um okay so then but, okay, so I'm the person who likes to stand right up in front and join the concert, but what does what frustrates me, and this is a question i ask you, you mentioned connection. I see those people around me, and they've all got their cell phones up, trying to get the perfect picture, perfect video, perfect um, whatever they're trying to do with their cell phones, posting at the same time. Don't you find that is a bit of a disconnect to the connection you're trying to create with the audience?
1: Uh, no, not really. I think it's just a way for them to try and capture the moment so they can remember it for longer you know it's it's and it's all a, it's like a personal thing for fans it's like if they want to film it sweet if you don't want to film it sweet like yeah y- y- however you want to have this experience y- you do it how you want you know i think that there's still connection even if somebody's holding up a phone or not because they're still in the room they're still letting the music wash over them they're still actually watching you yeah um a lot of people just kind of hold their phone to the side and then watch you know and so it's it's kind of like two eyes you know but but <laughs> for us it's, it's, it's <laughs> exactly um it's it's never been something that i go like oh i feel like nobody's listening to me or i feel like nobody's present in the room because if i crack a joke and it's funny people will laugh if i crack a joke and it's a horrible joke nobody's gonna laugh because yeah. they heard the joke but it wasn't funny yeah. you know so it's it's very much just like it's just again a matter of like where concerts have gone and and if somebody wants to experience it through a phone and so that they can hold on to that memory for longer. And so be it. I love that. And, and, and I would want them to be able to experience the show for longer. If they don't want to lose that moment. Now
0: I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm yeah. playing the game. The recipients of <laughs> don't normally like this game. So it's basically, if I had to ask you this question in two minutes, five minutes, five hours, tomorrow, five days, the answer will be different. So I recognize mm-hmm. that you're, In this moment, top five go-to songs by other artists?
1: Uh, There's this new artist called Annika Bennett. Well, she's not new. She's new to me. And she's incredible. She writes a lot with Lainey, a band. And so, like, she's a really cool writer, full stop. Um, And then she has, like, these side projects where she's just released her own music independently, independently. Her streams aren't wild at all, but I honestly went and downloaded every single song of hers. I think I don't know how many songs she's got on streaming platforms, but downloaded her EP, downloaded five of her singles. Like I've never found an artist that I've honestly loved every single thing they put out. So, okay, a woman by the name of Annika Bennett, by far. Then there's a band called Tours, um, and they just released a song with Lily Williams um, called. Um, darling, I don't miss you, except when I do. That's really good. Um, All For You by Dean Lewis. Sick. Um, sorry, I'm going through my Spotify here. No, it's I okay. <laughs> um, uh, a song called Different by Joshua Bassett's It's really cool. I'm In Love With You by 1975. Um, and uh, one more, one more, one more. Uh, probably The Neighborhood by Grace Enger.
0: Okay, brilliant. And now... Yeah. Artists that you have would like on um, on your bucket list that you'd like to collaborate with
1: uh Annika Bennett is now definitely one of them okay um uh i I love John billion I'd love to write with him one day um Chelsea Cutler I think is incredible um there's this guy called uh Adrian Bassett, who I think is really good um or bassett yeah those are kind of them right now but Chelsea Cutler I think would be really really cool. But then there's like loiso um who's insane. I had a camp with him the other like two weeks ago and he's just so good. I think he would be so much fun. Um Matthew Wall, absolute legend dream collaborator. Um so I've got a, I've got a few on my list.
0: Okay, putting it out there that they'll all happen.
1: oh uh, uh, let's see, eh? Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> no, let's let's manifest. We
0: have to manifest. Well, <laughs> So um, the the podcast is listening to locally, internationally, all around the world. The top five countries are the UK, USA, uh, South Africa, Belgium, and Germany, interesting enough. So um, as a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? That's an interesting question.
1: I always struggle with this one because I'm like, why would people want to take anything from me? But I think our world is in, in massive need of just a big hug. And hopefully I can try and provide that every now and then. Um, but stay true to who you are. um, Don't let anybody else tell you how you should show up and live your life. Have fun. um, Take in all the goodness of the days. Leave all the bad behind um, and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. love it.
0: Putting one foot in front of the other, as Will says. So this is Celebs Vents signing out with Will Lindley.